fellow adventurers. Welcome to a Nat One Life podcast series called Homebrew Heals. Here, my sister Amanda and I will talk about our different journeys we have taken or are still on to resolve our medical issues. From gut issues to skin issues, we have experienced a lot in our 30 years. We do not have any medical backgrounds, but feel we have rolled high enough in our investigation and health checks and want to share our experiences with you. So come along this journey with us and see what we discover together. Journey with us and start to guide your way through this net one night. So, Amanda, have you ever thought everything in our body is connected? Yeah. Okay, so you know my work background, my uh, career background enough um, that I actually a lot of experience, I guess is the best way to say it, with problem solving and analysis and understanding root cause problem solving. And so after I started learning about that, which was probably five or six years ago, I started to reflect on like all of the health issues I've been having. And the one thing that I came back to is this can't be all just happenstance like there's got to be something connected because I was having fucking weird shit like oh I have a rare skin condition oh you got two uteruses oh your digestive tract's all fucked up and you have (laughs) you know like the weirdest the weirdest things and every time they would tell me I had something they'd tell me it was really super rare you know only a small percentage of the population has two actual uteruses and two cervixes and all of this stuff. And it's like, cool, but is this connected to something? Like, is there going to be a long-term problem? So I have thought about that a lot. Ask questions about your health. Um, So there's stuff that we don't know. And so I do think all of my issues are connected somewhere at a cellular level. Maybe it would be fun to do a... um, D, one of those DNA panels where it can mark the the genetic markers and all of mm-hmm. that stuff just to see what's up in there. Um, but yeah, I think it's connected. And will I know everything by the time I die? Probably not. Like we'll, we're probably not even advanced in science enough to know. What I would love is to have one of those fucking machines like in Star Trek and just scan you and mm-hmm. be like, oh, that cancer in your lungs got to go. Zap. Oh, we took care of it. <laughs> Done. Done. No, but you bring up a really good point. Like, how were you supposed to have known that you had multiple uteruses, two uteruses, until, like, you had to go in for a checkup? Because I'm assuming, or not even a checkup, (laughs) until pregnancy. Right. Because, like, as people are, like, looking in down there, and you have your... OBGYN, like, you can't tell a difference coming in from the vagina, right? No, so so I'll kind of, like, lay out this story, and listeners, you'll just have to tell us if you want more um, discussions on homebrew heels about, like, women's health, because Sarah and I, between the two of us, have probably run the gambit, and between, with our middle sister thrown in there, like, <laughs> yeah. we probably experienced everything. Um, and with our mom, Jesus Christ, because our mom has had like 
anus surgery and shit because like the lining between the vagina. So if, just so everybody knows, your vagina and your anus share a wall. Yep. Okay. I mean, you just think about it logically, anatomy, right? And so when you have children, naturally, a lot of damage can get done to that wall. And people do like pelvic floor exercises and stuff like that to try to strengthen muscles. Well, sometimes it can't be strengthened or too much damage gets done and you have to have surgery to fix it. And so between all of us, we probably run the gambit. But I digress back to the original (laughs) question. So it's weird how doctors don't know things and how things are discovered. So I literally found out about my two uterus situation accidentally. It is not something you can see from the outside. It's not like I have two vaginas, right? Right. But in hindsight, when I go back and think about different things that have happened, some things make more sense. So my very first gynecological appointment after I started having sex, I was 17 years old. Um, I go to the gynecologist and they do a physical exam and go in there and she makes, she's like, huh, that's weird. I thought I felt something, but goes about her business, checks my cervix. Everything seems fine. Goes along. A couple of years go by. Um, when you're that young, I didn't have a pap smear every year. You know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't until I was in my twenties. And so, and then it was like every three years or something like that once the HPV test came out and like all of this jazz. So stuff was changing, right? And so I go in and um, I get pregnant. And I go in to have a vaginal ultrasound because my pregnancy with Katie, it didn't, it started really rough. I was having hormone levels that were dropping. And so I had to go on bed rest at the very beginning and I had to have these like really disgusting um vaginal suppositories that Paul had to put in that were like oh. progesterone. And a lot of people don't know about this even in our family because Paul and I had hit our pregnancy for five months. Like so we went through yeah. all of this by ourselves. And we didn't hide it, hide it. We were just alone in Chicago. The family wasn't around. I we was going to say, you guys were in phone. a whole other area of the yeah. U.S. So right. it wasn't, like, too hard to do. And I was 19 and still very afraid of my parents. So um, not, like, actually afraid for my life, but, you know, like, parental control. Like, I still felt like they had that over yeah. me, even though I was an adult. And um, I still feel that way. Um, <laughs> Mom can be like. I'm disappointed. Like the shame hits me so hard. All right. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so I go in, I get pregnant. I go in for a vaginal ultrasound because they need to check on the pregnancy and they, um, an ultrasound they can do transvaginally. So that's when they go through your vagina because they're trying to get closer. They're trying to get a better look at what's going on in there. Mm-hmm. And really early on in pregnancy, they can't do an ultrasound from the outside of your stomach because there's like too much distance between the outside of that and where the fetus is because it's so small. So that's how I fucking found out. They go in there and they're like, oh, oh, you you have um two uteruses. And two cervixes. And then they get excited because they don't get to see this very often. So then it gets annoying as a patient because you're like trying to understand what this means. And they're fucking calling their friends in like, oh, my God, do you mind if my colleague comes in? They've never seen blah, blah, blah. And so you're an science experiment. 
But that's how I found out. And then I go back through my head and I'm like, oh, that makes sense. She probably felt that wall. So I have a wall that, again, TMI people, but whatever. This is what we're here for. Caring by sharing. (laughs) Um, Technically, I have two vaginas. I have one vaginal opening and then about a quarter of an inch to half an inch in, there's a wall of flesh, (laughs) a Mm -hmm. vagina wall, but it moves. So if you think about like um, one of those fake walls that you can put up in a classroom or an office and it makes it into two rooms. Yeah, like the one that we had in the office. Yeah, it's like an accordion thing, but it's flexible and it can move. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. So like when the doctors would go in when I was younger, just for my exams, when they would put their hand in or their fingers in, they would, that wall would get moved. And like naturally. Yes. And then it feels normal because the inside of a vagina is a whole bunch of folds. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't feel any different. And, um, And then obviously there's like a dominant side and a not dominant side and like all of these different things. And so that's how I fucking found out. And so it's not like, you know, when you're born, you get scanned and they know everything that's going on. And I think that's what's the most scary is that I could have gone if I had not gotten pregnant or anything like that. Or even if I had gotten pregnant, but my pregnancies were so simple that I didn't get an ultrasound until I was like at five months for the gender and they just did an external one. I may have never known because my other uterus uterus would grow for the baby and push the other one Out to of the, the side. Yep, yeah, to the side. They don't see it, you know, whatever. Um, so anyway, so it's just really scary. And then the fact that my digestive system now has been involved with my reproductive system really weirds me out too because the reason why I'm in menopause now and had to have my last ovary removed is because of excruciating pain I was having and it was because my colon decided it wanted to become one with my ovary Mm -hmm. so So this is a so that's really interesting so looping mm -hmm. it back to Involving this into, like, gut issues and everything. hmm Wondering if everything is connected. So yeah. you go through the first part of your life having this irregularity, like, it's mutation. I mean, is that's essentially what it is. Not yeah. a so good thing just- or a bad thing. That's just literally the definition of it just is yeah and so when I did my research on it it's not genetic it's not like oh something happened when you were in the womb it's literally just a mutation it's it's a freak of nature that's what that Mm -hmm. is but then then I had this weird skin thing pop up and I was 18 and it's called confluent and reticulated papillomatosis and it was like this weird scaly skin thing and it showed up on my side of the bot on my on the left side of my body um on my trunk and on like right under my armpit and all down the side of my breast and it would like peel off and no matter what I would do exfoliate topical creams steroid creams like all of this stuff nothing would work 
And so I gave up for years on it. And I know we've talked about this before on the podcast. Finally found a dermatologist that in Spokane, I was like, okay, I'm going to go get some moles removed. Mm -hmm. Go to get some moles removed. And she's like, oh, are you here for this other thing? I know what that is. And I'm like, no, I'm not here for that. I'm here for moles because everybody tells me they don't know what this is. Like I had gone to dermatologists and they had tested it for fungus. They had tested it for bacteria. They had tested like everything. We tried like burning it off. We tried freezing it off. We tried like it just nothing would happen. Mm-hmm. It would always she, come back, right? Literally like within hours or the next day. It wasn't like a month goes by. Yeah. It it was it, it was insane. Like I don't I don't even know how your skin can do something like that. And so and it's basically um very quickly going through the shedding process. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, ew, ugh, it was gross. Um, I shouldn't say it was gross. I felt gross. Like I had scaly stuff all over my clothes anywhere that I slept. I didn't want to be seen naked by my husband or anybody because it was all, it was like on probably 25% of my body yeah. um, on the side. Um, well, and, and yeah. it, it's only gross because it's abnormal to humans. I mean, because if you think about other creatures in the world, it's completely normal. And it's actually steps that we expect certain animals to take. But for us humans, it's usually that's not how it's supposed to go. Yeah, exactly. Um, so when I started doing research about that skin issue later on in my life, um, when she finally got it, um, when I finally had it diagnosed, right. Um, it, it turns out that it's like very rare. And what was very, um, intriguing as well is that they don't have any direct proof, but, People that usually have this also have some kind of um, issue with the endocrine problem, or they might have polycystic ovarian syndrome um, or diabetes or some kind of metabolic issue. Hmm. Um, And they tend to have uh, sensitivities to UV light. Which oh. I thought was really interesting because I'm so fucking pale and I right. always joke around about being allergic to the sun. And I know people actually are allergic to the sun out there, those listening, but I'm pretty close. I can't really go outside for more than like five minutes um, without getting burned. Um, and that's and not that's, a joke. That's not a joke. And that is with sunscreen on. Um, yeah. So it's pretty ridiculous. But that's so then I started having more and more gut issues as I got older and older and so after I did my professional talking about manufacturing style lean management and root cause problem solving I was like I need to do some root cause analysis on my body Mm -hmm. so that's how I got full circle very long-winded but um (laughs) because it in my mind And I know this from a fact from talking to my dermatologist, um, your skin manifests what's going on in your body. So think about even just acne. Mm -hmm. You know, you eat too much of something that your body doesn't like or that you are intolerant to and you will break out. You know, you'll eat too much sugar and you'll get breakouts like, you know, on your chin or, you know, 
around your um, mouth and stuff. Like there's actual sections of your skin and mm-hmm. body that will manifest in certain ways if you're having issues. Well, and um, you had brought up a good point before this, before we started uh, recording and whatnot is kink whatever. Resource. We're naturally just this intelligent. We don't do research or plan. Always. It's Always. in we're my just, brain. Yeah, we're just like, turn on the recording and go. <laughs> yes, canker source. You mentioning canker source. So mm-hmm. I luckily, I don't get them anymore. I don't remember the last time I had one. It's been a couple of years, which is surprising because we just went through a pandemic. And I could have swore that kind of stress was going to trigger it. But I, when I was younger, I used to get canker sores all the time. Mm-hmm. And my parents, ultimately, they didn't know what caused them or what was causing them. They assumed it was stress. And so they're like, oh, you're just stressing out about something. They're going to go away. And they did. But they would continue to pop up. However, I did also notice, this is going to be a weird story. <laughs> I'm when I, myself, or my now husband, Brian, whenever I would, like, put, like, a finger in my mouth, and it was more than, like, you know, you lick your fingers to get the food off of it, right? Mm-hmm. Or after eating popcorn, I'll stick a finger to try and, like, dig the kernel out of my gums, of my teeth and whatnot, mm-hmm. right? Brian used to stick his finger in my mouth because he thought it was hilarious. And I actually got to the point where I seriously had to tell him to stop because it caused canker sores. Every time, like, I would stick uh, my finger, like, down deep into my gums or Brian would stick his finger in my mouth. It The next day, like, I would have a canker sore in the same area. So... I think it's, I know, like, they say canker sores can be caused by different foods you eat and whatnot, which I can fully believe and understand, but I think there's even more to it. Like, it's some something like that part of my mouth, the the inside of the lip and the gum and area, area mm-hmm. it just, it's very sensitive. And if I just get something on it that it doesn't like, it's just, it's almost like an automatic reaction. Weird. Interesting. Well, in our research, I was reading up that um, canker scores, canker scores, canker sores can actually um, pop up when you're having um, any type of intestinal bowel disorder flare-up or disease flare-up and can also be a side effect of medications that you're taking for your IBS or Crohn's or um, any type of like gastrointestinal problem. Mm -hmm. Some of the medications can cause that as a side effect as well. So it was kind of interesting because it's like having these issues can cause canker sores, but then the medication form can also cause canker sores. Right. Or you're just eating some typical foods that usually everybody can handle and for whatever mm-hmm. reason because of your gut issues it you can't and it manifests in this way yeah exactly craziness um 
Interesting. So the other things that I've read about are uh, a little grosser in terms of like what they look like. Um, but I think the most common one is going to be acne before we get into these like rarer ones. Yeah. Um, acne is probably the, one of the other most common um, skin issues that people see. And they assume or there's a lot of assumptions around acne. It kind of makes me um, upset because I have a daughter that had had some acne. Not bad at all. I didn't really have acne in high school. I got really bad acne after I had my son and actually went on Accutane, mm-hmm. which is a terrible medication. that It's actually been taken off of the market now because it can cause so many problems with like liver. Um, but which I, maybe I should... <laughs> I was like, just probably look into that. (laughs) Um, Anyway, but your your face skin can really show up different things that you have going on in your body, um, specifically with your gut. So, like, obviously, we talked about acne showing up when you've eaten something that Mm -hmm. is not good for you or too excess of something. So, like sugar, but rosacea like on your cheeks yeah. can actually indicate that um, you have an IBS or IBS. You have some kind of gastrointestinal issue. Something's going on um, within your body. Interesting. And see, that's interesting for us too, because our mom has rosacea yes. on her cheeks. Yes. And she has thyroid um, disease. She has mm-hmm. Hashimoto's and which is a, um, autoimmune disorder of the thyroid and um yes and so the rosacea for her gets worse when her um thyroid medication is not balanced properly um and or when she she also had gastric gastric bypass surgery so it's hard for her to get nutrition and so um I see that happen too. Like her rosacea will start to act up if she's making bad choices about what she's consuming because she can only consume so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I shouldn't say bad choices. She's making a choice to have something else. And that's going to be one of the side effects because she (laughs) needs nutrition. We all do it. I did it last night. It's okay. I mean, it, yeah, it totally is like this. I had, um, yeah, I mean, I drink coffee every day and it totally messes up my body. And I know it does, even though my SIBO diet says you can have one cup of weak coffee every day. And my coffee is pretty weak. Get the lightest ro- roast. It fucks me up. Right. But I do it anyway for now. Um, last night I had a half a bag of popcorn and I paid for oh, that this God. morning. <laughs> that makes me want to throw up just thinking about it because corn guys <laughs> not I- doing good. <laughs> Corn's on the list. I I can't. I'm not going to be able to do it. I just can't. I can't do corn. I can't do corn chips. I can't do corn syrup. Um, I can't do any type of corn-derived sweetener. I've been trying, and it, no. Yeah. No, no I'm right there with you. I, I don't think corn and I will ever agree, so. I love popcorn. I love it all, too. It's, it's so sweet. Good. It's delicious, <laughs> but it is totally bad for, honestly, a lot of us and our cattle. Mm-hmm. Cattle can't process it. Anyway, um, so back to skin issues. So rosacea we talked about. Um, you've had some rosacea. My So I haven't had it, like, actually. <laughs> 
you guys, this is my theme, Sarah's theme. I have not I, been diagnosed. Yeah, I knew <laughs> that you were about to say that. I was like, oh, I haven't actually had it looked at by a medical professional. Right. Yeah. I my cheeks do easily get red. Um, they uh, it's not as bad as mom's, though. Yeah. So for our mom, you can see it very clearly. And if it gets really bad, you can actually see like definitive veins starting to show up and pop up. I haven't had it that bad. But yes, my cheeks from time to time will start peaking (laughs) yeah and there's a lot of different things that can cause it but one of the things is what you're eating Mm -hmm. um a lot of people have um temporary type of rosacea or very um soft rosacea when they drink wine or alcohol Mm -hmm. you know it kind of will bring like redness to the cheeks um and things like that and so but rosacea is one of those things and um, that is directly related or can be directly related to what you're eating. And it manifests Interesting. Yeah. Um, there was one other one that I wanted to talk about because I hear a lot about psoriasis sure. and yeah. people that struggle with psoriasis and suffer with it, but I've never heard it related to stomach issues. Like, I've always just heard it talked about on its own, if that makes sense. Okay, so psoriasis I want to touch on because it blew me away, the research that I found about psoriasis, but how doctors refuse to say that they're linked to people that have gastrointestinal issues. Okay, so... One of the big things that blew me away is that people that have Crohn's disease, which is a um, a gastrointestinal disease, Mm -hmm. um, are eight times more likely to have psoriasis. Wow. Okay. So I'm like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Let's do some additional research on psoriasis. And when I started researching psoriasis, I found a lot about just skin. In general, what it looks like, what it feels like, you know, all of those kind of things. Um, And so let me pull up this resource that I found last night. Hold on one second. I should have had this up. I wasn't sure if we were going to get to talk about this. No, that's okay. Um, And so I wanted to find if there were any other links between psoriasis and gastrointestinal issues besides Crohn's, right? Like, was it just Crohn's disease or... Was it, you know, whatever, something else? No, it's like a whole bunch of different types of gastrointestinal disorders. So um, people with Crohn's are more likely to get it. Uh, People that have celiac disease um, are usually have some kind of psoriasis. It's like 300 percent, 300 times as likely to have it. Um, if you have celiac disease. And so, but the, the strong link was between psoriasis and all of inflammatory bowel disease. So whether it's IBS or Crohn's disease or um, ulcerative colitis or um, what is one I just celiac, all of those have been linked to people with psoriasis and or people with psoriasis have 
a high likelihood to later then be diagnosed with one of these conditions. Yeah, as I'm seeing here, the some top triggers are stress, injury to skin, illness, and weather. But then there's a small other possible triggers, and it's allergies, foods, mm -hmm. alcohol, and uh, your environment. Mm -hmm. So, see, and that's interesting. See, I always find this interesting because when I was doing uh, research, like, on diabetes, and I was wondering, okay, well what are first different symptoms of diabetes and is there anything that is like may seem like diabetes but it's not or maybe like a cousin to diabetes mm -hmm. dude the list of symptoms for diabetes is insanely long yeah. to the point where it's like of course any symptom that you have like could potentially be a sign of diabetes and it was it's just crazy like it's one of those things that it's it's common and I think it's common because of how much it entails well and I think it's just common in because diabetes is so common in the United States sorry I mean like going to the thought process of we know what diabetes is and like it's how do I want to word this? I'm trying to like, think of the we know the science behind it, like the chemistry of what's happening. Yes. Okay. And I know like diabetes itself is common. Yes. But does everybody know how common all of the symptoms are? Like mm. it, it's some symptoms. Some of them yes. are just like the symptom of being a human. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, just it's very like just standard stuff that you wouldn't have thought would have been yeah, a symptom. And for psoriasis, it's it's similar. Like, you have yeah. stress, injury, illness, weather, and then food. It's like, well, what else is there that could right. trigger it? You know, like, shelter, food, <laughs> water, <laughs> all the basic necessities. Yeah. Well, it's it. Yeah, I do find that intriguing, and because. And I, I guess it goes back to the whole practicing medicine thing and why maybe it's so hard for doctors to diagnose some of these issues. Because you come in saying, I've been having headaches. Right. I've been having, you know, whatever. And so they're like, okay, that could be five million different things. What's right. most likely? You know, and they start going down a list, like a checklist, essentially. But then, um, with that in mind, why don't they consider food? I like. I feel like diet is isn't so, brought up. Because it's so hard to determine what the triggers are, right? It's easy to do an allergy test, but you most people aren't allergic to something. Right. They're just intolerant to it. And right. so that's where the things get fucked up, I think. And honestly, this is going to sound terrible, but most of the doctor's offices and hospitals are businesses. They're trying to get you in and out. And so they're trying to deal with what's most common and what can I give a pill for? My husband is experiencing the health industry as an adult for the first time, essentially. Mm. For anything major for himself, right? For himself. So yeah. it like when we had our child, we were in a very special situation, so we didn't have to deal with it. And then I whenever I had my 
issues and like my gut issues, I took care of everything. Mm-hmm. This is the first time that he is experiencing it for himself for the first time. And He's not happy. I bet not. He's having He's dental a, issues. So yeah. dentists in themselves are a whole other bag of tricks. Anyways. Uh, um, so there's a, there's one other thing I wanted to touch on because I found it super interesting. And this was kind of like the pinnacle of my research on this. And it's probably going to take me down a couple of rabbit holes, but I'm super excited. Extra intestinal manifestations. Did you come across these at all? No. Okay. So I... I was digging and digging. I'm like, there's got to be something. There's got to be a name, right, for this is happening on my body, but it show in my body, but it shows up differently, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so for people that have infl- inflammatory bowel disease um, or disorders like we do, like SIBO, IBS, whatever, Crohn's, all those things, sometimes develop other diseases or conditions, and they are called extra intestinal manifestations. And skin conditions are a very, very common manifestation. And so essentially what it is doing is it is. um, Let me get the actual definition for this, because. They can be called. Systemic side effects or extra intestinal side effects, and the complications can include arthritis, bone loss eye disease, gallstones, skin issues, rashes, lesions, mouth ulcers, ulcers, uh, ulcers, Jesus, I can say that. (laughs) And so it was just really interesting because the research I found goes into not just, oh, it can do these things, but why it's doing these things. So one of them was about bone loss. And it's, it talks about how important, important it is for calcium to be absorbed for bone health. Well, then if you think about it, you have an intestinal issue or an absorption issue. You're not getting all of your nutrients. You become deficient in vitamin D, in calcium, and all of these different things. And then now you're experiencing bone loss. Wow. Makes sense. Root cause problem solving, people. Um, and then... <laughs> The other, this was the weirdest thing, skin tags yeah, um, can manifest in your butt area. Oh, dang. Because of friction. Okay, so for those people that don't know, skin tags are caused mostly by friction. Um, you are predisposed to them genetically. Like, so I have a fucking ton of them. Um, people with lighter skin usually have them more like I'm sure there's reasons for that mm-hmm. but friction causes them so the reason why a lot of people have them like myself around their collarbone area is because that's where your shirt sits and it's rubbing all day well your butt if you're having issues you're having more friction so like me and you um, sometimes you get constipated that can cause hemorrhoids that can cause friction But Mm -hmm. if you're having diarrhea or anything like that, where it's just irritating, 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 it can cause Mm -hmm. additional skin issues. Those can get infected because of their location. Oh, sure. And can cause other problems. So that one I thought was a really weird manifestation of a skin problem without it actually being on the inside. It's more because of what's going on right there at that exit point. That would be annoying. 
systemic or extra intestinal um, manifestations uh, was the epitome and the high point of my research on this topic. <laughs> so, okay. So what can we share real fast to help with these issues? So obviously uh, this is focusing on food and gut and whatnot. So certain foods, uh, obviously you'll want to keep an eye out for like, uh, mm-hmm. canker sores. They, uh, suggest, uh, certain foods that you should probably stay away from. Yeah. Um, more specifically, they say nuts, chips, pretzels, spices, salt, acidity, uh, like acidic fruits. Um, Wait, and they even at, like oh, listed chocolate and strawberries. Hmm. So Which that is interesting, but the acidity and like all of that totally makes sense. Right. Right. And the salt. But then you start thinking about chips and nuts and it's like, oh, well, chips, chips are terrible for your mouth. People, they cut up your mouth. That's yeah. why they're bad. I'm not I'm curious about the nuts. The strawberries actually make sense because the seeds are so tiny and that can irritate your gums and your mouth. And which is funny because to me, when I think about eating a strawberry, you just crunch through them, right? But they're tiny, so you're right. not really crunching through them. You're just swallowing them, or you're they're just... being lodged in your gums. Oh, okay, okay. Public service announcement. Everybody should have a fucking dermatologist. Yeah. I don't care if you're like, my skin is soft as a baby's ass all the time, and I never have a single flare-up, and I don't have a blemish. I have no moles no freckles like i'm cameron diaz like completely blank slate you should still have a dermatologist um i don't know if anybody has seen or if you have seen sarah those images that you can do with the filters on them that show you the sun damage oh yeah that has been done to your skin and i am extremely fair i i don't know how to explain how fair I am. <laughs> the lightest shade of most foundations is too dark. Um, I'm cool undertoned, so I'm very pink. So then it's either too dark or too yellow. Um, it, like people make jokes like, oh, we'll just buy you clown makeup. That should match, you know, things like that. I'm just very, very pale. And so naturally people are like, well, of course you would have a dermatologist because you go out in the sun for five minutes and you got skin cancer. Um, But in reality, it doesn't really matter what color your skin is. The sun does damage. Our environment does damage. Um, The pollutants, the food that we're eating, the stress that we're under, um, the the UV rays from the sun, the blue light from all of the devices that we're in front of, like all of this stuff does damage to our skin over time. And Skin cancer, especially like melanoma, is one of those things that can develop very quickly and go unnoticed for years. Um, We have an aunt that had melanoma um, Mm -hmm. on her back. She had to have removed. Um, Luckily, it it was removed and it was fine. Um, But it's one of those things that you just don't consider. You just don't think about like, oh, I have this spot. Um, So... The public service announcement is get a dermatologist if you don't have one. And the second thing is, for the love of God, wear sunscreen every day. I don't care if it is 
raining. I don't care if it's winter. Put sunscreen on. Put it on your face. Buy products that have it in it. Make sure you're putting sunscreen on your lips. And make sure that you're wearing eye protection because melanoma can develop in your iris. End of my public service announcement. I have a couple of cherry angioma. Yep. Most of the, Paul has those too. Most of the time they're totally benign. Yeah. But in women, um, especially if they're popping up on your lower legs, it can be an indicator of skin cancer. Yes. And that's Mm -hmm. why I want to check it out because I, I don't think there's any concern by Mm -hmm. any means. And I saw that they're common as yeah. soon as, essentially as soon as you hit 30 and yep. any time after that it's common to develop them and funny enough it's like as soon as I hit 30 I had two or three pop up and I it's just there's one on my elbow uh that mm-hmm. was the first one but now I have one on my lip mm. and I just yeah you don't it's like annoying. the way it looks or is it bothering you it's not bothering me like physically. It's very much a I don't like the placement of this. <laughs> so you know what's funny is I'm kind of in love with my little freckle on my lip. I Are really you? I think it's super cute, but I'm just hoping that it's not like you know cancer. All right, and that's the other thing. It's like okay, I'm assuming here, but maybe I should actually get them tested to confirm. Right. Yeah. And these gut issues just keep going. Right. Well, and it's like we were saying, so from the very beginning, is everything connected? I mean, we just talked about a whole bunch of skin issues and other like reactions or illnesses that up front don't seem like they have anything to do with your gut. And yet you dig a little bit deeper and for sure there is a chance that they are linked to what you're eating or how your body's processing. Yeah. Love it. So tell us what kind of connections you've noticed and have you talked to your doctor about it? Because we'd love to hear more. Yeah. And do you have a dermatologist? If not, you should. If after listening to this, you got one, let us know that too. Ooh, yeah. Thank you, adventurers, for joining us today. We hope this helped you find tips and tricks to loot the booty. Find us on natonelife.com and check us out on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to follow us more on our day-to-day. May your poop be regular and bubbles minimal. Stay, Stay sassy, sassy and gassy. gassy. Till next, next time. time. Nice. <laughs> Take the pill and use the glove and still you have a child of love. A nat one life, a nat one life. You work all day and make no pay and debt is mounting every day And that one life, and that one life When the world seems to be Slowly crushing your dreams Anxiety, depression, doubt This that one life is shitting on you through this now.